episode 473 how to scale your business past your own limitations with gavin preston the awaken your alpha podcast tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you i'm adam lewis walker host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book awaken your alpha towels and tactics to thrive and it is my mission to share you the real stories the useful stuff the juicy stuff and the reality of what it takes to thrive do the little guy a favor subscribe and review it'll help get him off my back if you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a tedx talk you can get this completely free 45 minute training masterclass on how to land your tedx talk in 90 days or less without wasting your time on the wrong opportunities that training is brand new for 2021 you can jump over there talkaccelerator.com forward slash masterclass that's talk x c e l e r a t o r.com it really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own tedx talk amplify your message and amplify your mission all links mentioned in the episode will be in the show notes at ayalpha.com get to the podcast okay enjoy the show Right, this week, it's all about surviving and thriving. We always want to talk about thriving on Awaken Your Alpha podcast. We've got Gavin Preston on the line. He is a business strategist, author, inspirational speaker, business growth mentor, and host of the Business Mastermind podcast, and also the author of Survive and Thrive book. So we've got lots we can dive into. Are you ready to awaken your alpha today, Gavin? Certainly am. Bring it on. (laughs) Is there anything you'd like to add to your introduction? I guess ultimately I'm about helping to tap into the inner strength and capability that people normally in business, I work with people in business to be able to really go beyond their limitations that they might have, you know, their physical limitations, their self-imposed mental limitations, and to be able to achieve a result in their business and in their life that they'll look like and be proud of. And also that if they've got a family, you know, family members will look at them and be proud of. So yeah, it's, it's tapping into the inner innate capability of the people I work with and polishing it, shining it, shining the spotlight of brilliance upon them, enable them and their business to become a lot better than even they thought was possible. Yeah, awesome. And I know sort of the, the tagline or the information sort of subheading for your book is all about scaling and, you know, business, yeah, scaling yeah. business for success. And I definitely want to talk about scaling. Um, could you just touch on your origins? Like, how did you get to this point? Where are you originally from? Where are you? I know you're you're moving around it today, which is a nice treat in the you know, kind of the the COVID um, world we're in now. But just tell us a little bit about your origins. Yeah, so um, I, I hop from um, the northwest of England. Uh, I um, spent a lot of time actually where I am just today, actually in Windermere in the English Lake District, which is a beautiful part of the world. And um, my initial background in my career was training as a, a CPA, a chartered accountant, and that gave me a really good grounding in business. Um, doing detailed tax computations and sets of accounts for a business didn't set my world on fire, but uh, I quickly moved on from that. But you know, the caliber and the quality of training I got with KPMG and the privilege of going into a different business every week of my, you know, my training and my career really set me up to be able to get appreciation of the levers to drive performance in a business. So you see patterns, you see trends, you know, as Tony Robbins would say, success leads behind it, a trail of clues. And you see, you see trends and patterns. And uh, I soon, soon started to notice those. But in parallel with that, at the age of 15, my dad handed me uh, an American sales book called The Success System That Never Failed by W. Clement Stone. 
W. Clement Stone was a great mate of Napoleon Hill. And oh. so in the success system that never fails, it was written about the same time as uh, Think and Grow Rich. Um, was this Napoleon Hill, W. Clement Stone quotes Napoleon Hill's famous quote, what the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve. And I was 15. I was studying for my GCSE exams in the, uh, in the UK. I don't know what the equivalent is in the US, but these are exams you take at 16 years of age. And um, my dad said to me, think about getting nine grade A's at GCSE 50 times a day and think to yourself, nine A's and say what the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve. And I went, okay, dad, I don't know any different. I'll say it. And so 50 times a day, I dutifully said that, well, the mind can conceive, believe the mind can achieve. Thought about getting my nine A's and I got my nine A's and it blew my mind. And it was, it was a real defining moment in my life where I thought I have the power. I have the ability to be able to create a massive result like that. And I was hooked. Second book I read at the age of 10, 15, 16 was Think and Grow Rich. And from then on, I discovered Tony Robbins. And so I had this track that uh, whilst professionally I was studying and qualifying as an accountant, personally, I had this thirst of knowledge and, and, and skill that was developing in the field of personal development. So very quickly after qualification, I got a move to a, um, or BAE Systems, which is obviously a, a large defense contractor in the UK and the US. Um, so worked for them and then sought a shift within their, from finance into their internal corporate university, in-house university doing leadership development, change, coaching, et cetera. And that was the start of my career shift over to, um, I spent, four years in training with NLP, Dr. Richard Bandler and Paul McKenna and their business partner in the UK at the time, Michael Breen. Oh, nice. And this was all sort of within your job of, as well. Yeah. I managed, I managed... A, that is nice. <laughs> yeah. So, so I had this dilemma that there was me, my CV, my resume talked about being a chartered accountant, but I had this passion for personal development and NLP and speaking and growing and I thought how on earth can I transition my career I don't when you when you qualify as a CPA as a chartered accountant you, you your salary your, your remuneration takes a jump up and I didn't want to have to start again in a new career yeah. right from the bottom again so I, I, I fortunately made it happen using some of the tools I'd learned in mindset, I guess. I made it happen where I got a secondment initially to the in-house university. And then I, I had the remit to play I, in this field. I started to develop, develop the skills of facilitation, coaching, training, leadership stuff. But I facilitated business unit boards of directors in off-site meetings where they were doing their strategic planning or they were working on debriefing uh, how they could improve performance in within the business so all of a sudden I'm combining the insights I got as a consultant as an accountant with the behavioral stuff so that I actually could work with teams in business and help the them work out help facilitate their thinking as to how they could improve multi-million pound multi-million dollar business units this sounds like, you know, a dream kind of side shift. What, how was that decision to leave? How was the transition? What did you, what did you do? Did you wrestle with that? Was, you know, tell us about... You know, it was, a really, kind of, it was yeah. a really interesting thing because it came at a time when there was um, a cost-cutting exercise within BAE Systems, so they were reducing headcounts. And um, my boss, as in all the, like all the other bosses at that time, had to basically reduce their headcount by 20%. And I had this interesting quandary or pitch. 
hey, uh, boss, will you pay for me for a year while I go and be seconded to head office for this team? You won't get the benefit of my services because they're going to be working for somebody else on a secondment, but you're going to pick up the tab. Um, and I don't know how I did it, but I managed to persuade him. Um, and people around me were saying, you're crazy, because if you don't pass this assessment center and get this job on this secondment, you will not have a job because you know, you've not uh, applied for anything else. Yeah. And I just, it was one of those moments that in my gut, I had a total and absolute sense of certainty that I was going to get this job, that I absolutely knew. It just, I just, I can't explain it rationally. It made no sense. The odds were stacked against me. There was, I can't remember, there was something like six or seven of us going through this assessment center. So, you know, the odds were stacked against me for even being, offered the role but I did and I, and I got it and I got the secondment and I was like a duck to water it was it was the it just opened the door to a whole new significant chapter in my career growth until that time if I hadn't had that my CV just said accountant 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 so it would have been very difficult for me to make that switch or that bridge if it hadn't been through this particular opportunity yeah. and how long ago was that in, in kind of years or oh uh, 2000 yeah 2000 and what would you say would be like an, an average week, an average month? What do you get up to on a day, sort of day-to-day -day basis? Um, bearing in mind, I'm sure the 2020, the situation has maybe changed a little bit. Yeah, so now I'm working uh, it, with, well, kind of like three separate aspects to my work. And the third one has grown a lot this year, but shall come on to. But the first two, I'm either working with high growth um, business owners, SMEs, uh, SMB uh, businesses. So between one and 10 million turnover. And I'm helping them to grow and scale their business. Typically, I'm brought in when businesses are plateauing and they can't work out how to get them back into growth. Or I'm brought in by saying, look, we've got a five-year agenda. We want to build our business to exit, to sell. So that's the kind of work that I'm doing. And then also I work with larger corporate groups where I'm facilitating offsite sessions with them, challenging their thinking, uh, really helping to uh, push forward their performance. Now, what's shifted, obviously, in the world of COVID and lockdown is those larger corporate group sessions, of course, haven't happened. Mm -hmm. And I think really excitingly getting more into the space of acquisitions. So um, working with a new business partner, looking at opportunities to buy into businesses, to be able to take 25 years of experience of working to help other people grow their businesses, to turn their businesses around, to scale their businesses, to be able to do it for real uh, in businesses that I've got a stake in. So that's a relatively new thing. Yeah. But it's a new journey, but it's, it's really juicing me. It's really exciting me. And uh, the great thing about it is uh, I've done all the things that I'll be called upon to do um, when I've got a stake in a business, but as an external consultant coach. Um, so it's super exciting to, to get an opportunity to, to get an equity stake in a business and using my skills, earn my way into doing that and, and then be able to kind of create more leverage over my time. Definitely. So you touched on the sort of the point one of, um, you know, businesses that are plateauing, how they can scale. And I'm sure it's a very individual thing, but what are some common things that you see in terms of patterns that, you know, you can tweak and maybe a lot of times it, this is the issue or, you know, is there any thoughts for people are listening in and maybe they have plateaued a bit or they're just very interested in this subject of how to scale? Yeah, in the book, Survive and Thrive, How to Secure, Scale and Succeed in Business, I have a, a business growth model I call the strategy compass. And there are six steps to this. And you know, before I sort of run through those six steps, 
in the in each of those in in their own right are not revolutionary or, or brand new but they're brought together you will get a book on mindset you get a book on strategy you might get a book on, you get a book on scaling but you don't necessarily get a book that brings all these component parts together so step in answer to your question without necessarily going through all the six steps step two is about mindset and the first go-to for me if I want to change the trajectory of growth of that business is to look at the thinking and the mindset of the people that are running that business or the founder or the chief exec of that business um, CEO so um, the difference the very difference that makes the difference in the growth trajectory is the changing in thinking and the mindset of the individual and often what's holding people back is saying well I've run out of ideas you can't do any more I've done everything I possibly could and I'm challenging those assumptions and I'm also shining the spotlight of absolute total belief in them that they really can take this business to a new level. So I'm equipping them with a number of different mindset tools to help them. But then step four of my six steps in the strategy compass is, is, is the how, it's the strategy. So I'm equipping them mentally for the growth to help adjust their identity of who they see themselves as. But then I'm equipping them with the business strategy, the how to, how are they going to get there? Yeah. I, I suppose what would you'd say would be some common, I don't know, mistakes. I know you said about sort of the minds that straight, but common mistakes you see, and it, uh, maybe it isn't a, you know, quite an easy fix, but so that their mindset, maybe the occasion where their mindset is, is, is reasonable. It's quite a growth mindset, but they're just making some, you know, key mistakes in terms of scaling and, and building the business. Yeah. So some of the, some of the times they, we're all sat upon a mountain of value. And one of the things that I see every business that I go into, I think see two things that are often uh, very true and it holds them back. Things that an individual or a business thinks, hey, everybody does it this way, don't they? They don't. There is something, there's always something that is unusually special or brilliant within a business that they take for granted. And you know they, they, they dismiss it by saying, well, surely everybody does it like this. No, not everybody. That's extraordinary. We can, we can kind of like polish that up because there's a, there's a, different, a differentiator in there that we can do something with. So that's one area. And the other area is around the way that we look at a problem, we can create uh, limitations. So if we look at, like we all have got used to looking at the world through a screen, a Zoom or a Microsoft yeah. Teams screen, you know, if you just look, you're looking through that square, that rectangle rather, and those the four corners of that rectangle are held in place. And those could be represented by experiences, beliefs um, of what's possible, what's not possible, the way things have been done around here in the past. And often there are assumptions, there are always assumptions in every business about what can and cannot be done that may have been valid at some point in time, but are no longer valid now. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. Get this completely free 45-minute training masterclass on how to become a TEDx speaker. That training is brand new for 2021. You can jump over Talk X. C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R.com forward slash masterclass really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. So the other thing I'm doing is all, as well as looking to shine up areas of brilliance that they don't recognize and turn that into a point of differentiation. The other thing that I'm doing is I'm looking for the assumptions that are holding that business stuck and challenging and then removing those assumptions yeah great couple of points 
I wanted to, it could be in business or just in personal life. When is a probably a period of time or a situation that was probably one of your most challenging times where you really had to, you know, fight to awaken your alpha? If you just yeah. skip over the surface, you know, the story can always seem like, oh, everything went good and on to the next thing, but I'm sure it never is. So when was a time where it was really challenged? Yeah, brilliant question. I was reflecting about this on the drive up here this morning, actually. And it's it was a time a couple of years ago, uh, I'd, I'd spent... A, stopped my business, I'd paused my business and I'd gone and worked uh, for 18 months uh, in the business of one of my clients. And I was a member of the board and we were scaling a construction business from 11 and a half million to 19 million in 18 months. And it was phenomenal growth. Um, and then one of our biggest customers went bust, um, went bankrupt and took us out. And the odors 1.9 million, we couldn't survive that and it took us out. And that was the toughest. It was a horrible, hard period. Um, we eventually went bush just before Christmas in two, two, yeah. yeah uh, just and so, and I knew what was happening, and and some of my earlier time in KPMG had, had exposed me to working working with businesses that become insolvent. So I knew the writing on the wall, I knew the process and what would happen, and and I remember looking, you know, a month or so before, in the eyes of my colleagues, some hundred of them, knowing that they would be out of a job by Christmas, and that was really tough it was tough emotionally it was tough mentally it was tough physically um yeah and, and that wasn't plain sailing i learned a huge amount and i think and i do believe it's in our moments of greatest struggle that we grow the most and i do believe before every breakthrough there's often a breakdown i look back on that and now know what i would have done differently um in some areas i couldn't have done anything differently yeah. and um i mean what was, was a, what was one of the key things that you might have done differently i'm curious <laughs> Yeah, so this customer that went bust, we went to see their board. They hadn't been paying us enough, and um, they were paying increasingly slow. So we met with their group, F uh, the CFO, and we sat down with him and the CEO. And interestingly, now I look back on it, um, they came out on the attack. We went to them for some reassurance about when they were going to start to pay our invoices. And they said, the fact that you've asked about that has got us concerned about your cash flow capability and your ability to be able to meet your contract obligations. Mm. Best form of defense is yeah. attack. <laughs> yeah. But in the moment, I didn't see that. It was just like, whoa, I hadn't expected that. You know, we've got extra lines of credit was their, their argument. You know, we've got private equity that we can tap into an extra multi-million pound line of credit do you not have that uh, no we've got our bank overdraft and we're pretty much up against that at the moment yeah so in in i think we always need in that moment when someone is coming back strong or even attacking you need that part of your brain that sits back and goes what's that all about then that doesn't stack yeah. we've come here for reassurance and you're attacking us what's that about then mm. and in the moment i guess i was a little intimidated by it and that, that was a massive learning now that in the future uh, there'll be an internal alarm bell that will go off and go i've been <laughs> here before i've been here before but you know a, a, another big learning was that through that whole process was if at any stage in your life and your business you're struggling to pay somebody just get on the phone and talk them through and say, this is the problem I'm having. Can I just spread my payments? And, you know, if you're a genuine, decent human being and reasonable and straight with people, they'll respond, they'll respond well to that. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a really tough time. And, but I, I, it was only afterwards that somebody said to me that um, often what investors look for is how many times you've cycled. I said, what do you mean cycled? How many times you've gone through that journey of rise 
and demise of a business because if you've been through that circle of growth and then hit problems and crashed down and you know gone bust or whatever you've learned a lot you know you've got the bottle scars to show for it but it means you will be a better business person going forward so not that you necessarily should see it as a badge of honor don't diminish the experience that you had through that you know it was, it was a horrible experience but yeah. don't diminish the value of that experience going forward yeah you said that's what investors are looking for i mean for you personally now starting to invest and take pieces of uh, people's business in 2020 what what are other things are you looking for i know you mentioned mindset and and you know obviously what you t just touched on there but is there anything else that you're looking for and it could, could be a personal thing the sort of businesses you're looking to invest in yourself yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll give you three three factors I'm looking for, well, or four actually. So the first one any business wants to know is about cash. You know, what's the cash position of the business? Cash is king. You need to make sure the cash is there. I'm looking for the people. Have the people that I'll be working with, have they got desire for growth? Is there a connection? Is there a bit of banter? Is, 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 have they got a spark? Uh, do they want to go and do something more? Could I work with them? That's the second part. The third is if they're exiting the business, the next layer of management that are left, have they got skills, capability to be able to run the business? Because I don't want to get myself another job. I want to be an investor to help steer the growth, but I don't want to be doing day-to-day -day operations. And then the fourth thing is what marketplace are they in? You know, is, is, has that got, is it a trend that's on the up? Is, the, is what they're doing a profitable product or a profitable service? So yeah, cash, people, two aspects of the people, you know, the, the, the attitude and mindset and the skills. And the third thing is, you know, is that a, a market that's going places? Are the, trend, are the trends pointing in that direction? And we're going to move into the alpha round now. I'd like to start that off with, is there a particular quote that's just an all-time favorite quote or sort of thing you might have up in your office just really sums up your approach to life? Yeah, it's what the mind can conceive and believe the mind can achieve, for sure. Oh, it might be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and linked to that, again, I don't want to assume, but it, it, has, or it has been our most recommended book over sort of six and a half years on the Awaken Your Alpha show, Think and Grow Rich. But what has been a personally impactful book for you, if it's not that one? <laughs> It, it, it was that one and then it was yeah. Awaken the Giant Within by Tony Robbins ah. you know it's been a, been a massive game changer and that was interesting for me because I was uh, doing a dissertation a thesis at uni a university uh, about the common traits of successful entrepreneurs and I'd read so many books around so there was again the, the hint of that how do I dissertation most dissertations are really quite you know not that palatable when <laughs> the ones I've heard anyway yeah, and I did an accountancy and finance degree I was going to so. say like I <laughs> Wow, that's about as interesting a dissertation as you can do off the back of that, but it sounds a bit... <laughs> it is, absolutely. And um, many of the books at that stage I'd read, read, read about personal development, they were all saying the same thing until um, uh, I was at university in Newcastle-upon-Tyne in the northeast of England, and I went to this bookstore and looked at that kind of personal development section, and there was this massive the book, this book, the massive book on a big spine that stood out, thick spine. And I, I got this book, Awaken the Giant Within, and went, started to flick through it and went, whoa, this is different. And it transfixed me and it really hooked me. And then I kind of went backwards in his sequence of books to Unlimited Power. And yeah, I just got properly hooked to that. So yes, after, after Think and Grow Rich, it was Awaken the Giant Within. In your business or businesses, is there or are there any resources that you use that are just like really useful, essential things in terms of, you know, building businesses, scaling business or accounting? And, and if they're just kind of you feel like they're more run of the mill stuff, is there anything that you use in a particular way? And it could be in your personal life as well. Just any sort of uh, something that you think is worth recommending. 
Yeah, you, uh, to talk about Tony Robbins, for example, he, he has a free, um, you know, I'm a big thing about visualization and about um, focusing your mind every day on what you want rather than what you don't want. And every week I will spend time doing that. I, I would like to say I did it every, you know, five times a week and I don't, unfortunately, but I do that three or four times a week. And so I start that little routine off uh, in the morning. Uh, I'll exercise and then I'll start that little routine off with um, a portion actually of Tony Robbins' priming exercise that he does on the has You could just uh, listen to it or watch it free on YouTube about gratitude and about focusing on the goals that you do want. And then. Um, and focusing and visualizing about the goals that I do want to achieve and getting really excited about that. And then what I've also started to do recently is just start to do some meditations and I tried a number of different apps. And interesting, I got actually in um, Black Friday last year in 2019, we got a Peloton bike, which um, absolutely love, properly love it. And um, Peloton's Ray app has a, actually has a range of meditations. So I found a, oh. one of the meditation instructions on there and I just do like five or 10 minutes. So I get this combination of getting ex- grateful, getting excited about the goals and getting super calm. And, and I find that it's, it's interesting. The more I challenge myself in life and in business, the more the stakes raise, the more I have cause for worry. And it's very easy. And I think we all have time in our lives when that inner critic can take over that can cause doubt and can cause panic. And what I'm learning more and more to do, and it's this inner alpha, is to get quiet and just get certain on my innate capabilities and focus on what I do want. And the more, the better I get at, at, at calming myself, reminding myself of the results, the successes I've had and the learnings that I've had, and then focusing on what I do want, the more I show up with congruence and certainty. And I think if there was a piece of advice that that I would give my, you know, 21 year old self, it would be what are the things you can do to show up in the world with congruency and certainty? Oh, love it. And having gone through the bulk of the interview, from your network and all you know, the individuals you've mentioned and businesses you've worked with and friends, is there anyone who you think would be a great interview for Waking Your Alpha that you would recommend? And if no one jumps to mind, who would be your ideal guest to listen into? Maybe not from your network. So there's a, there's a, there's a guy who's uh, uh, got an amazing story. Uh, John Pedro Villiers, I don't know whether you've ever heard of him. In, he's, he's a South African living in, in the UK. I do. Oh, this is a small world. I've spoken on, on stage with him in the UK, in Basingstoke. Yeah, John. Yeah. Amazing. I know JP. Had, um, was it a bike crash about a year or two? Oh, yeah. yeah it was a, it I, was a, I saw him just before, a little bit before. And obviously, yeah, that really... Well, if you get him on your show, because that story of that recovery is phenomenal. So wow. he was... Um, he, he June 2019, a drunk driver... Uh, on a back road in Devon, he was doing his um, John O'Groats to Land's End bike ride. Just a fascinating story. It was they extended the route that particular day that morning. They decided to extend the route on Dunstan Backlone so that actually they would pass a thousand miles on the journey in total. So they hit that metric as opposed to just the 850 odd miles or yeah. whatever it would have been. And uh, yeah, this guy came around the corner drunk and plowed into him, and he um, was. It, it, the, the crash was you know yeah was, he was 
yeah, he was really destroyed. Really. He was, he was like, wow. it was in intensive care for months. Um, yeah. He was very, very lucky to survive. One of the first people on the scene in the following car vehicles was a tra trauma surgeon or something. Then, And uh, how lucky was that? Or an, an ER doctor. They managed to get the air ambulance. They kept him alive phenomenally. He had multiple operations around internal injuries and then splints in his body and his bones. Um, his, his recovery is just nothing sort of inspirational. And he's it's not an inspirational only guy, but obviously before all that as well, is yeah, really nice. Yeah, so like, JP would be, would be phenomenal. But yeah, it's also great. the mental, the spirit, spiritual journey went on as well. Wow. It's been really fascinating. Yeah, no, great recommendation. And it's given me a kick, reminder, kick up the arse to, you know, to get back in touch with him because, uh, wow. There's a lovely part of the story, actually, just as a slight aside, where he's in the courtroom when the guy who uh, ran him over is sentenced and how he's just basically forgiven him and getting closure there and he, and he shares that and it's such a, a moving tale of how he's got to a position where he could forgive the guy that just caused so much internal and you know physical pain and mental pain to him. Blimey. And if people want to continue the conversation with you, what's the best way to connect with you and reach out? Yeah, so um, Gavin at Gavin Preston, uh, sorry, look at GavinPreston.com if you want to find out more about the book, go to surviveandthrive.cc or uh, check me out uh, on the Business Mastermind podcast uh, so that, and, and Gavin Preston on LinkedIn. So yeah, just search for me on, uh, 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 on LinkedIn, check out the Business Mastermind podcast and go and check out the book as well. Cool. And we'll put a load of those links on the show notes as well. And in kind of wrapping things up, when it comes to your book and we've been obviously talking about scaling, is there anything you feel is left unsaid and words you want to leave us when it, when it comes to building and even people are, you know, maybe starting a business and building a business, things that fun, some fundamentals to get in, get them right near the start and, you know, anything you want to leave us with? Yeah, a couple of points. Build a high caliber team around you. You know, Jim Collins in his book, uh, Good to Great, talks about the idea about first get the right people on the bus and then decide what places to, what seats to put them in. Just w w build that right team around you. I think is really massively important because get A grade players on your team. And secondly, make sure that you're well funded. You've got cash, cash to grow. Growth is very, very hungry on cash. You'll always need more than you ex expect. Um, so make sure that you've got good relationships with banks and funders. Well, Gavin, it's been an absolute pleasure today. Thank you so much for your time. Cheers, Adam. Loved it. Thank you. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. This episode is sponsored by the Talk Accelerator. Increase your influence, income, and impact. If you've ever thought or dreamed or wondered what it would be like to do a TEDx talk, you can do that. So head over to talkx.com. C-E-L-E-R-A-T-O-R.com forward slash masterclass and you can get this completely free 45-minute training masterclass on how to become a TEDx speaker and thought leader in under 12 months without desperately chasing and wasting your time on the wrong opportunities. That training is brand new for 2021. You can jump over there. It really digs into the three key secrets to landing your own TEDx talk. All right, have a great week. Amplify your message and amplify your mission. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back.